for Delia. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. Hi, I'm Charlie Kelbrenner, and this is my little brother's lucky cowboy hat. I'm Jack Ball, and I like to peel potatoes. Hi, I'm Zach Barenbrock, and I make amazing French toast. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, June 20th. We're here back in the Classic Factory. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this one's for you. We also got our top shot hot boy, the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And finally, over yonder, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the video, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, comment away, share the show, send in your questions. Get those questions in. No Dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in if you want, at No Dunks Inc., or leave them in the YouTube comments below. This is your final day to grab a finals wedgie shirt. Mm. Yes, we said this shirt. It's a limited drop. Will only be available until the Warriors parade ends, and that's mm. today. So at some point today, this shirt will go away. So if you want one, go to nodunks.com and uh, grab one of these beautiful shirts. I just handed them out to the guys here in the Classic Factory. I got mine on. It's a gorgeous shirt. Look at that. It really pops. Heat, heat, heat. Um, <laughs> heat, so, heat. Beautiful. Uh, later today, if you want more content in your life, there's new no breaks today. On a Monday, uh, Graydon. And Trey are not messing around here. They got to talk about the Canadian GP. Oh yes, we do. What an exciting one down the stretch, Skeetsy. Yeah, we're getting it in uh, on a Monday today. No breaks on a Monday. You're crazy yeah. for this one. Uh, send us some emails too. Pretty quiet out there, news wise. Oh, okay. in the Formula One world, you know they had races back to back weeks. So they did all the news in between, <laughs> and now everybody's just chilling for a couple of weeks. So send us some emails. And according to Breaking Tea, you have until. Eleven twenty Pacific time. Oh, to get your uh, finals wedgie T-shirts. I guess that's when the Dubs Parade starts. Eleven twenty a.m. Pacific time. Oh wow! Get that's... your orders in. Peeps. Yeah, you only got a couple hours yeah. really here to grab that. Okay, so no breaks. That has its own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed. That's around one o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern here today on a Monday. Graydon and Trey talking about the Canadian GP on today's pod. I think we got a ton to talk about here. Um, we're going to discuss Kenny Atkinson changing his mind. Mm. When it comes to coaching the Hornets. Strange. We'll weigh in on the new Utah Jazz jerseys. Strange as well. <laughs> some good, some bad. Uh, and we'll uh, debate which team might want to trade for Monte Morris. Mm. Also, Shams just dropped like a massive article on The Athletic, his inside pass, with like a million new nuggets mm. regarding like Kyrie Irving and Clint Capella. And, you know, so we can maybe get into that as well. It just, just dropped. Uh, but first, why not a little... 2022 finals wrap up here I got a few questions for you guys and the first one it's like a little softball I'm just lobbing it up to you I want you to hit a dinger like your James Winger that's a guy I knew uh, <laughs> what will you remember most I thought you knew the little league kid's name there no, I, I no, was impressed by that oh, yeah. Big Al. Oh, yeah, Big Al. James Winger I mean I knew him when I was younger I guess maybe uh, grade 7 or 8 he could uh, he could crank it um, what will you remember most Trey, you can get us started here from the 2022 NBA Finals. If you were to pick, you know, a player, a play, a game, I don't know, whatever you want. For me, it is one game. Stephen Curry in Game 4 is unforgettable to me. 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 
seven threes in the game. Probably his best finals game ever, and at a time when the Warriors absolutely needed it, because in that fourth quarter, it was looking like the Celtics might have the championship wrapped up. Yep. Jalen Brown had that fast break bucket where he got fouled from behind, but it ended up being an and one for Marcus Smart. Smart hits the free throw, puts Boston up five with 7.30 left. A few possessions later, Smart hits a three to put the Celtics up 94 to 95 minutes left, but it really felt like the Celtics were in complete control of that game. I remember texting my dad, Steph's going to have to win this one. If it happens for the Warriors... Steph scored 10 of the last 17 for Golden State. He assisted on another one of those baskets. He hit that beautiful 12-foot floater. I went back and checked the play-by-play data. Mm. It does say 12 feet, but I'm telling you, (laughs) it was at least 18 feet. I think the play-by-play was wrong. You're right. Yeah, we need to back it up. We need to go in there uh, into the official records and check it out. But Game 3 in the Garden was so loud. Game 4, after that Marcus Smart 3, even louder. So for me, the thing I'll remember the most is the difference in the volume. Because once Steph hit that little floater, everybody's kind of like, what? What is going on? He kept scoring, and suddenly it was very quiet. The quietest that had been in the garden since we had been there. So that's something I'll never forget. This was a legendary performance by Steph. Finally got the finals MVP, and I think game four is kind of the signature game mm. for him. You agree with that? Yeah, I, I do, yes. It was hats down, really, uh, in the rafters. The uh, Because the Celtics looked like they were really in control here. And what happened in that game kind of is what happened throughout the playoffs for them, is they just weren't able to convincingly win at home in big games, even though they got out of two series, yeah. even though, you know, they lost to the Bucks at home in game five and it was like, wow, they're going to be done here. They did come back and win, but they lose to the Heat as well in game six and had to go down there and win. They win game one, huge win, massive, massive, impressive win in San Francisco. They come home, win game three. They look like they're about to win game four and then they actually basically just shit the bed from there. So uh, I think that was it. And, and look, the Warriors after that game three were saying all the right things like, we've been here before, we're not panicking. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that was totally convincing, but ultimately it was because they went out there and they won those next three games very, very comfortably and they go on and win. So this one, you know, not that Steph needed the coronation of the finals MVP. He already is, is you know, a legit Hall of Famer and all that sort of stuff. But now he's got it and it's just sort of like, okay, finally he's got it. We can f- stop talking about it. He didn't want to talk about it, by the way, after the game. First question he got <laughs> asked, they, they said to him, uh, how's it feel? He said, I don't care. Let's talk about the game. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, this was, for me, the, the most impressive Warriors championship victory because they were down against a tough team and they go out there and Steph was just incredible. Yeah, no more generic note about the Golden State Warriors. I'll remember that they go down 2-1 and win championships. They did it against the Celtics. They did it in, in 2015 as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's their thing. And they did it a couple series before they did it against the Cavs in 2015 against the Grizzlies. And to be down 2-1, I remember Ernie Johnson coming in in the second round and asking us when we were at NBA TV, who's going to win the championship when the Warriors yeah. were down 2-1? Nobody knew. Uh, and they came back and, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like they were going to come back in this series as well, but it's sort of part of this, uh, the Warriors' MO to, to be able to do that. And, yeah, those those last few minutes, yeah, bad stuff. Bad stuff for the, the Boston Celtics and then just couldn't close out a game. Also, 20 years from now, I think a memorable moment, like a snapshot in your brain from this series, is going to be Steph pointing at the ring finger in the third quarter of a game six uh, on the road to close it out. I mean... You know, then he does the night night in the fourth, yeah. but the pointing at the ring finger that still early in a game, very early, is, in the game. is I mean, look, it's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, and the Celtics uh, went on a, a bit of a run just after that, but yeah, that's the thing, Steph. At that point, to do that was felt like we're going to win this game no matter what here, and and uh, and he did. I mean, it would have been one of the biggest most memorable like screw-ups of all time if they did lose that and lose the championship but now that he's done it he's put it out there it's like the guy getting the tattoo 
on his arm. <laughs> Steph basically got the tattoo <laughs> yeah, sure. in the third quarter and said, we're the champs now. And uh, and the Celtics, like, they went on a little bit of a run, but they didn't, like, no one, like, got really pissed off that he was, like, doing that in their building, you know? Like, they just kind of was like, yeah, okay, fair enough, you've done it. So, yeah, incredible. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about Steph. This is the question you've seen probably already debated for days since the final wrapped up, but let's... Mm. We, and we touched on it, I remember, yes. on the Immediate Reaction podcast, but now we've had a little more time. You've probably done a deep dive on the numbers. <laughs> Where does Curry rank on the NBA's all-time list to you? Yes. Is, you know, is he a lock in the top 10? Is he just outside? Where, where do you have him, Lee, after a couple of days to think yeah, of Yeah, you did ask me straight away. And in yeah. the moment, I was like, I don't know. I gotta, I've got to sort of you know, let this one marinate. But I have had a little bit of time. Okay. Um, and uh, this is without doubt the most subjective ranking in basketball because we all have different ways of deciding our own biases and, and, and our favourites and things that come into it as well. Like I've, I've got all these notes here for it, like what era he played in, the teammates he had, the individual accomplishments. So mm-hmm. for me, I came up with a criteria, not a rubric completely, oh right, more science, here here, but, but definitely some science. Okay, here. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> so for, to be the top 10 NBA all-time history, you have to be undeniably have been the best or most impactful player in the league at some point. Okay. Now, the reason I bring up best or most impactful, because when I did the LeBron 11 MVPs, I gave him the MVP in 2016 because he won the championship and I incorporated the playoffs. Right, right, but right. Steph was the most impactful player there for a couple of seasons there because of what he did. Uh, you have to be able to do something better than anyone else has ever done it. He's got that. Shooting three-pointers, shooting free throws. The greatest shooter of all time. Exactly. I mean, so, I that's not even a stretch at no, this point. No, no, no. <laughs> Multiple individual accolades. He's got all of yep. those. Of course, the MVPs. We, that's all we need for that one. And then you need to have the team success over an extended period. So you can't just be like a flash in the pan, one or two season guy. He, he's done this now over, uh, over what, eight years it is now where they've been very, very good. And then right. there's some Four bonus. titles, six finals in the yes. eight-year span. And then there's a, there's a couple of bonus categories as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Are you a game changer? Did you change the game? Do other players em- emulate you or your style? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a check. He changed the game. Like, he was the first one to make shooting 30-footers, like, normal. And, and other players have done it, but he's, he's the one who sort of said, we can do this. And he's going out there and doing it. And then, this is another one for Steph especially, like, the resilience... Or, and maintaining or improving your standards because Steph was traded to the Bucks. He was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Bucks said, "No, we don't trust those ankles." Greatest non-trade in uh, Golden State history. <laughs> anyway, so Steph came back. He got better and better and better to the point where he is now, you know, a multiple champ, multiple MVP. So here, here are based on that criteria, okay. my top ten of all time. Are you putting them in order? Yes, yeah, okay, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. Okay. So I've got Michael number one. Okay. LeBron number two. Okay. Now, this is obviously where it gets a little bit like what you determine to be most impactful. Yeah, just most say important. it, man. Kareem, okay. Bill Russell, Magic, Larry, Wilt, Shaq, Hakeem, and then Steph coming in at number 10. So there. you have, okay. So yes. you have Steph in at 10. At number 10. Now. Over notable names like Kobe. Kobe. Now, so this is what I was going to do. I was going to actually get rid of Wilt, Bill Russell, um, <laughs> basically because I wasn't around. Like, I think if you're oh, around in the course, era, I, I think you, you are more uh, informed. Yeah. I wasn't around during those guys. And when you guys are averaging 50 rebounds a game, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I'm not sure <laughs> oh, that's a good that's thing. That's Trey's favorite <laughs> thing. That's, well, that's, that's true. That's true. So, so then I've got the three guys who are vying to get into those positions. And, it, and it's Kobe, it's Tim Duncan, and it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Now, Kevin Durant... He's a Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's a two-time champ. He's a two-time Finals MP. He's an MVP. He needs something else. Though. He does need something else to like say, I'm a top tenner. You can't take me out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Four-time he, scoring champ? 
No, not enough. No, not enough. Not good enough. No, he needs uh, he needs a championship without Steph. Now he doesn't for me. He doesn't need it. Kevin Durant doesn't care if he never plays another game of basketball. But for me, Hold on, I'm going to tweet this out. Right now. <laughs> and this is also this is so this is the thing, right? So Kobe has got five championships more than Steph, but you know, let's be honest, three of those were Shaqs, right? Now Steph has four championships. Two of those, Kevin Durant was Finals MVP, but Steph should have won. In 2016, but he didn't. Now, if he does win in 2016, <laughs> oh boy. does he win 2017 and 18? I'm not sure because I don't think Kevin Durant goes. So, <laughs> right, right, look, right. I took I took a lot into it into it yeah. here, but um, ultimately that's the list for me. Like like Larry Bird versus Kevin Durant. If you had to pick one player, right, out of those two, who are you going with? Most people say, look, Kevin Durant better scorer, but Larry as an all round player, I think is still better mm-hmm. than what Kevin Durant was as an all round like assist man leader. All that stuff. Three MVPs, three championships, a part of what was considered the best team ever in 86. It's probably now fourth or fifth on the list. But ultimately, that's where I went. Magic yeah. Johnson, five championships in nine years, the three MVPs. He changed the game as well. So uh, so that's it. That's okay. my list. So okay. Steph's in. Steph got, is in. You have Steph just in, <laughs> in the top Yeah, I, I mean, like Hakeem Olajuwon for me, I mean, he dominated for a couple of years. With I both, love the dream. Both ends of the floor. MVP, champion. In the 90s, who was the best center? It was Patrick. It was David Robinson. No, it was Akeem Olajuwon. He got the championships and he mm-hmm. beat those guys on the way there. So that's why he gets in. So, yeah, ultimately, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, you know, you can, sure. I, I know the Kobe guys are going to come after well, me. That's the thing. If you're yeah. a Kobe fan, if you're a Kobe stan, that you are that, and look, by no means leaving him out of your top 10. And you're just probably never convinced those people absolutely. otherwise. Absolutely. And, and look, that's fine. You know, yeah. Kobe, Kobe was great, but I have him more probably 12th overall. Okay. Probably. Um, well, that's a lot to unpack, but Trey, I, I feel like uh, when Lee was explaining Steph's MVPs and finals wins with regards to Kevin uh, Kevin Durant, it's like that video where the guy keeps like handing the treat, but as soon as the customer goes for it, he like pulls it back. It's like boop, 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 this way and that way. Um, I don't know. I've got Duncan over Hakeem. That was the first thing I took from that one. Hakeem Olajuwon. Definitely the best center of the 90s, but the 90s were all about guards. Not a big-time game-changer. You got a couple MVPs as well for Tim Duncan, but I'm with you. I think that uh, Steph right now is in the second tier of all-time greats, the top tier being the Mount Rushmore. MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell. That's your top four. So I've got Steph right there with Magic, Bird, Shaq, and Duncan on my next list right there. And I think that it's going to be kind of – these four players I think will be compared a lot. Shaq. Steph, Duncan, and Kobe, just because they've got a ton of championships. You, you can argue about who was in charge of the championships for some of them. Sure. So I think that those uh, those four are kind of similar cases to me. I've got Steph really, really high up. He is basically guard Shaq to me from mm-hmm. a game-changing uh, standpoint. So for players that I watch like their whole career, he's a top five for me easy. MJ, LeBron, Duncan, Steph, Shaq. Tess? Yeah, yeah that's what I did. I, I went in and ranked the guys that I watched their entire career and basically made their marks in the 2000s. I was a 90s basketball watcher, but I really watched in the 2000s. So the guys that kind of overlapped into 2000s were perfect for me, your your Shaqs and your Duncan. So for me, the top five since I started watching, and I'm only going five because Curry gets in there, it's LeBron, Shaq, then Curry. It, it's very difficult for me to have Curry over Tim Duncan and Kobe, but... I think Curry does jump uh, Timmy and Kobe because of how he changed the game. And uh, Duncan, yeah, he's he's so remarkable at being unremarkable. Uh, mm. uh, you know, he's just so spectacular at being 
unspectacular. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was that was difficult for me. Um, but you know, you're getting into the hey, he was the best player on two championship teams. Whether or not he got the finals MVP, it doesn't freaking matter uh, in 2015. And yeah, Kobe is in the same vein, the best player on a championship team for two seasons. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's all if you're if you're Kobe, he he makes it above. But yeah, LeBron and Shaq, uh, top two for me, and then Curry, Duncan, and Kobe are sort of in that same family. And then you get into a bunch of guys who are you know one or or two uh, championship guys like Dirk, you know Durant, Wade. Uh, for me in that in that other category of the 2000s for me. Yeah, when you look at players that have won at least four championship, one finals MVP, and then two regular season MVPs, the list is awesome because it's mm. Kareem, Duncan, LeBron, Jordan, Magic Johnson, and now Curry. Mm. Like, that's a great starting point there to me if you're building a top 10. Four titles, one finals MVP, and then at least two regular season MVPs. But when you're thinking top 10, these are the questions I think that most people go through. One, how many old players are you putting on your yeah. top 10? It's just like, again, we're obviously, we're not, well, how old are you? What are you? Uh, but yeah, are you putting Wilt? Is he a lock? Is Oscar Robertson yeah. in there? Is, of course, Bill Russell. So there's that part. Then I think there's also this thing, how many centers are you putting in, right, into your top 10? Kareem is going to be on most people's list, but you, you do have your Wilts and your Shaqs, yeah. and of course your Russells and Akeems, and Duncan is a power forward slash center. And then the other final question I always have with this right now with the Curry debate is, is Kobe a no-questions-asked lock for your top 10? Uh, because that's where I think you're getting to with yeah. uh, when you're matching sort of Curry and Kobe, who like gets like one of those final slots. And look, I think Kobe, Curry's still playing. <laughs> like, and probably has yeah. another five years. Kobe's totality of all his achievements are still more than Curry mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and he was a better defender at his, obviously, his apex. I think he, as his career went on, he got a couple like, uh, it's Kobe, let's still throw him on some all-defensive mm-hmm. teams. But at his... You know, at his youngest or at his uh, his prime, Kobe was one of the elite defenders for his position. No doubt, yeah. and and that's you know, if you you're you're bumping him a little bit ahead of Curry, uh, well, you're bumping him quite a bit ahead of Curry in that regard. But then you've got the whole shooting thing with Curry, and yeah. and it's tough. I I have him in. I have him just slotted in ten. I actually really liked your list. I was pretty much on point. Leaving Akeem off, tough. The right move. <laughs> yeah, but probably probably is. Um, hey, everyone so, pays fifty grand to learn the dream shake in the off season. So, <laughs> that's right. And nobody uses it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah, good so point. He's, he's got a he's got a nice little uh, scam. Well, he's Nigerian, so that's the uh, the scam there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> We're getting emails from Akeem Olajuwon <laughs> to teach you the dream no, but, shake. But uh, like, I I look at just what he did again and his, his impact on those Houston Rockets team. Like, he was he carried some of those teams there. And then again, he went up against Ewing. And he beat Ewing. He went up against Shaq. Now Shaq was younger, of course, but yeah. uh, you know he swept him, and uh, he's got the two Finals MVPs as well. But also, I do have a bias. I came alive yeah. one yeah, after Jordan course. is my favorite player, but uh, he's also got the accolades as well. Well, let's hear from everybody out there. Always a fun one. Where are you putting Curry? Do you have him above Kobe? Do you have him above Akeem or Bird or? I think Duncan? the Shaq question is kind of a an interesting one too, because if you're talking about like top 10, 20 players of all time, Curry is like. Probably the biggest overachiever to be on that list. To go from a number seven pick, you watch him in college, they're like, there's no way this is going to work in the NBA. And then he plays exactly like that and becomes Mm. the best player in the league. Whereas Shaq, number one draft pick, people would say he maybe was a bit of an underachiever. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he wasn't on your list of guys that have two MVPs in their careers. Yeah, right. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So are you taking the guy who got the absolute most out of his talent? Or are you taking the guy who was built to be the best player in the league? 
and was sometimes when he wanted to be. <laughs> when he wanted to be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, yeah, I don't think everybody has Shaq in their top 10. I, yeah, I, I, I think, don't. I think he gets overlooked though now as time's Dude, gone on. But, yeah. Yeah. but I think for five or six years, he was like immediately like his team should win the championship. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't win them every year, yeah. but it was, and he didn't change the game because it was just like he was such a force. It was just unstoppable. But uh, I, I think Shaq, just, when you can just be basically the player who everyone's like, how are we going to beat this guy for that many years, uh, put you in that top 10. All right, let's look to the offseason a little bit here. We'll start with the Warriors and we'll move to the Celtics. Tass, what, what is the biggest question facing the uh, Golden State Warriors here in defending their title and what they have to do this offseason? i got to write some checks. Well, Curry, <laughs> Clay, and Draymond, they're signed for multiple seasons, so don't worry about them. What about their other extremely key piece? You remember him? His name is Andrew Wiggins. Mm. Uh, are the Warriors going to get wiggy with it for a <laughs> long time? Because Wiggins is signed for next season, but he is eligible for an extension past then. He was considered one of the league's most overrated or overpaid, and both, but overpaid yep. players coming into this season. He's making 33 mil, but now worth every Canadian penny. <laughs> so uh, I think Wiggins expects uh, an extension here. If you saw the video of him and Jordan Poole, in the celebration after the game, they're talking to each other. You about to get a bag. No, you about to get a bag. No, we about to get a bag. So they're both going to get paid. They both have a year left. And so that's th- those two are the, the biggest worry uh, for the Golden State front office and ownership. What do we do? Uh, because, uh, you know, as, as Brian Winhurst famously said during the, uh, the postseason, when Curry won game four there, this was a checkbook win. Uh, was it game four? Anyway, must have been game five. Yeah. It was, it was, it was five the Wiggins. Games, yeah, it was right. the Wiggins, yeah. yeah. So are you going to continue to, you know, pay these guys? Because the, the money can get up to $300 million when you're looking at all the luxury tax payments and nearly $400 yeah, million when it comes to 23, 24. And that's, uh, you know, those are just numbers we don't hear about. Uh, we, they're, they're sort of inconceivable, inconceivable when it comes to NBA basketball. But I think they're going to do it uh, because they've got this chemistry. They, they somehow have, you know, they turned Kevin Durant into Jonathan Kuminga and Andrew Wiggins. And I think it would be very difficult to turn away your fourth best player here and all-star. So I think they're just going to... Uh, yeah, give up uh, a lot of money here to to pay these guys, and Wiggins is gonna get paid a lot. Does that Maybe include? Does money. that include Looney and Gary Payton the second too? Like, are they just gonna literally just run back this entire team? I think I think that's probably the line where it stops because they still have they could pay Otto Porter, you know, who was a starter in the last couple of games. Andre Godala, I'm not sure if he comes back. Nemanja Bialica, or those are the three that. I don't think come back, but you, I think you got to pay Gary Payton, uh, and yeah. I think you got to pay Kevon Looney, who who was a part of this entire run essentially. And so, I think it was such a key. Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole were were huge keys. Just the fact that they shot the ball, even uh, that that they had the confidence, that they had the freedom. They have fit so well into this Golden State Warriors team. Like if you look at Andrew Wiggins' numbers, I know we we're all talking about defensive and rebounding and all that, but. He wasn't shooting the ball well going into game six from three-point line. He was hitting one of every four. He's 25%. So most of the time, he'd miss. And most of the time, if you think of Andrew Wiggins' career, you'd think, hmm, he probably is going to stop shooting. <laughs> and, right. and but, but the fact that he was shooting 
was the most important thing. The fact that they knew where their shots were coming from was the most important thing. You look on the other side of the floor, the Celtics, that was a big problem. They just kind of got in each other's way and didn't know where their shots were coming from. So Wiggins is just a part of this culture. Who is He, he is just ready to shoot. Jordan Poole, same thing. You might have looked at him and said, bench this guy. But he was so important uh, to, to just being confident, still firing away. It's the Warriors' effect, and they have just... They have just blended in so well. So I think, yeah, you got to pay. Those are, you know, your, maybe your five most important players, and then Ludie and Peyton, and it's going to be a lot of money. But I think they're willing to do it. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I think, uh, they, I mean, they have to pay someone because they don't have many guys under contract for next season. So I think they're more likely to try to keep the guys they've got coming back. But Looney's probably the biggest question. Well, here those guys are signed next year. All yeah. those guys are signed Who's for that? next Looney, uh, not Looney. No. I'm sorry, Wiggins Poole and, Paul. and Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're for next season, but yeah. they can sign now for, for beyond that. Uh, I actually don't think they'll get signed this year. I think it makes more sense to sign them the year after, especially when you consider like the way the Warriors have built their team. Kaminga is supposed to be in Wiggins' spot long-term, so I can see them letting the possible extension go by the wayside during this offseason, see how it plays out, see if Kaminga gives you anything next year, uh, and then maybe you have to move on from Wiggins just from a salary cap perspective, whereas Poole, extension eligible as well, but he'll be a restricted free agent next summer. So they'll probably say, let's see you prove it again. Have another great season. Go get an offer sheet. We can match it if we want or we can not match it. That's why, to me, the biggest question has got to be the young guys developing because that could answer a Looney question if Wiseman's able to stay on the court next year. That could answer a Wiggins question down the line, and Moody was actually probably the most effective of their young guys this year. There was a lot of talk about how uh, the Warriors are becoming the next Spurs the Warriors were really just the old Warriors. <laughs> These young guys did nothing in the playoffs for the most part. They're going to need all three of them to become serious players in the future if they're going to continue mm. to extend the dynasty. And the owners have done it so far, but will they continue to do that knowing that it is getting up there to like four or five hundred million? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, they, they, but maybe they realize like we may as well try to cash in. They've got the money. They're not short of any, uh, any dollars out there, but... What also, what Andrew Wiggins's market value is, is very interesting because he played perfectly well at the right time, but he does have this uh, this one year left on his contract. So he almost does have to go out there and have a really good season still to prove it because he could become expendable because he's still a little bit inconsistent, a little bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, guys like, like I don't think Iguodala's probably coming back. Right. I think he might be done. But Otto Porter Jr., I mean, he, they paid him, he's only 29 as well, $2.5 million last season. Like, he provided some good veteran minutes for them. They need guys like that. Um, Gary Payton, I think he might get a bigger offer somewhere else. I think uh, he showed defensively he can be good if he can, can be consistent with his three-point shooting. He, you know, so I think they might be uh, down a couple of guys here, but as long as they've got their main core, which they have got locked up here for another couple of seasons at least, and then they've got Steph until 26 when he's uh, up to 60 million that mm. season. Yeah. So Worth every penny, Yeah, turns out. He's a top 10 player on most people's list. Uh, what about the Celtics? Can this team... Can they return to the finals, and, and what do they need to uh, address this offseason? Well, I think if you look at them, they have got a similar blueprint to what the Warriors have as far as they've drafted Jalen Brown, they drafted Jason Tatum, they drafted Marcus Smart. Yep. So three guys there have been there a long time. They've got playoff experience. They've been to the finals now. So I think ultimately what they do need, Marcus Smart basically became the point guard when they traded away Schroeder, and he did a good job. But I think yeah. ultimately he's not a 
true point guard. I think they need to probably get an improved point guard there. And then they have to decide what they're doing there with Al Horford, who was good for them as well this season. But is he the long-term solution? I mean, Robert Williams is going to be their starting center, I'm guessing. But you have to wonder about his uh, his uh, durability, durability yeah, yeah. Be, uh, yeah, with those knees there because he, he's, he seems like he's always kind of either injured or questionable or day-to-day. But ultimately, I don't think the Celtics need to make huge moves. I think, again, they need to like grab like an Andre Iguodala from some teams. So they, they can sort of uh, help solidify that team and just continue to be like they've got Derek White coming off the bench. I think that was a really good move. They got him. Udoka showed he was a very good coach in his first season. So I don't think uh, I don't think there's a major move out there. I think it's more just like improvements around the edges because you've got your star players already in, in Tatum and Brown. They're your all-star caliber, all-NBA Who caliber. also still need to improve they and do, probably sure, will. But they will. Yeah, they're very, very young. And, yeah. and, and I do think that this playoff experience will pay off for them down right. the road because right. they made some bad mistakes as far as turning the ball over. And Tatum as well just seemed sort of disengaged in a couple of times in the last couple of games. If you're the franchise guy, and he is you got to be better than that. So I think the Celtics will be fine. I think we're going to see them competing still in the next few years here. Grant Williams was quoted after the final saying, being more mentally strong is the number one thing for this team moving forward and being more prepared to focus in on every little detail that needs to be done. You agree with that Let's statement see, there from, good quote. from Batman? Because they don't have to do anything. I mean, they're, they're young and yeah, they were there. They were there until game four, five minutes left. And then, yeah, they didn't. They just didn't execute. Uh, Jason Tatum wasn't good enough. Yeah, so they just have to be a, a little bit better. I don't think they do much to their lineup at all, really. I think they can get back there. Do you think they need to add anything? I mean, I think maybe helping the bench out. Yeah. One more key guy off the bench who, like, let's be honest, after game one, they they got the Horford in game one, they got the Derek White game one, and they got the Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart game one. 15 and threes then, from those and then And just didn't get really much of... Hmm any contributions from Grant Williams, Derek White, really yeah, as, but if as Tatum's, the finals if Tatum's on. better, then well, we yeah, don't maybe. talk about that. I think Tatum just can be better. And those those other guys just, they sort of follow suit. Like we just talked about Wiggins and Peyton and, and a bunch of guys performing. That's because Steph was amazing. And the and they just, they just that's their first time. I think they can just improve. Yeah, it's one thing to ask Tatum to improve. It's another thing to ask him to, uh, you know, get to the level of Steph Curry, who we just went through an exercise saying he's uh, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, maybe Tatum's on that just don't shoot 35%. Shoot 40. You know? yeah, he, he needs to get better. I, don't I give think the ball away. Yeah, exactly. Jalen Brown needs to shore up the handle there, and Tatum needs to be Skill able to work. finish at the rim or hit a floater or something, like a little more mid-range game there, and, and, and not just uh, not just the Kobe fadeaways and stuff like that. When he's attacking, he needs to get to the line more or just be able to finish through a Let's contact. watch some Dirk Nowitzki tape. Let's watch some Paul Pierce tape. You need to kill in the mid-post, I think, if you're Tatum, because teams are going to switch... He's a huge, huge guy. Like Tatum is six foot ten. This should be pretty easy for him to score against switches. Like when Curry was on him, it was always let's try to attack him from the top of the key, shoulder, shoulder, get a really tough shot after a bunch of help has came. They can make it a lot easier on him if he's just able to get comfortable with the fadeaway, with some mid post moves and uh just finding out how to be more efficient when teams go to a switch everything kind of uh defense against them. Cause once the Warriors started switching Basically, in game two, that's when things dried up for Al Horford as well. Uh, Derek White was just in drive mode. He couldn't really get his three-pointers going, so maybe have another child during the (laughs) offseason. But the big thing for the Celtics is going to be coming into next season with the same mindset they had during the second half of this year. We saw what happened with the Hawks last year. Went to the conference finals, came back to the regular season. Trey Young said it's boring. It can't be boring for the Celtics next year because Miami, they're going to be tough again. They'll probably improve, adding somebody at some point. They went seven games with the Bucks, who were missing their second best yeah. player. 
Philadelphia will certainly be competitive, and the Bulls are going to trade for Rudy Gobert and become the best regular season team in the Eastern Conference. So it ain't going to be easy for the Celtics. We're like, they're there, they're there. So are the Thunder, once upon a time. Mm. Just because you're young doesn't mean you're getting back. I, that's the, I mean, would you bet on the Celtics to be back in the finals next year? In all honesty. I, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not trying to knock them, but they're just so much. Like, yeah. Obviously, the Nets are obviously they're a huge question mark, even though they got hammered there in the first yeah. round. Would you? The finals? I don't know. No, but I mean, I, a top four in, in the, the mix. East, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah. say so, because uh, I, I do overall like uh, what they've got there. And, and you know, I think that uh, when you've got Tatum, who was all NBA first team, right? let's not forget that, this yeah. season. And he has been to the conference finals before. He's already shown in his young career, like, he's he is legit. He got a, a bit of a wake-up call in the finals, but... Again, I think he will ultimately be better uh, from that experience. Is there another team that you'd take over the Celtics, though, in the finals? Because <sighs> what are, I mean, what, Milwaukee, what you, yeah. yeah. It, Middle, they beat them, I think, Middleton plays. Right? Mm. Yeah. So true. probably them. Yeah, Giannis, but, I think. But I also agree with what Lee's saying. It's not like uh, they're not going to be the Hawks. I, I think that's no. unlikely. That's, that's a multiple like, conference finalist team. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the difference between And the these Hawks. guys are all outside of Horford. Uh, like the, Yeah, they're all under 27, like mm. their core here. And if Robert Williams is, can he ever put it together and be healthy for an entire season? He's a game changer. Huge, I mean, yeah. And they went through. Yes, there's some injuries. That happens to every team that goes to the finals or wins a title. But, God, they went through the Nets, the Bucks, and the Heat. Winning huge games yeah. on the road, um, and then we're almost up three one, like you guys said, on a damn dynasty in the in the finals. Like, not that many minutes away from that. So yeah, they have a trade exception to play with. I think they have the mid level exception, so they could bring in a shooter or a playmaker. I think that is a huge question. Mm. Are you confident Marcus Smart being your point guard? I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I think they got to be better. They got they. Yeah, the problem was they didn't close games even against. Uh, in the second round, in the third round, the Bucks and the Heat—they weren't able to execute at the end. They're—they're they're a blowout team from January. They just blew out teams. So, <laughs> right. uh, so it's uh, yeah, one of those things that were they, they didn't close in the clutch. So that's—is it on Marcus Smart? I think it's more on Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, and and then and then you're laughing. Uh, but I don't think they're a lucky finalist by any means. Right. All right, well, let's hear from everybody out there when it comes to the Warriors and Celtics offseason and what are things they need to do, who they bring them back, all that good stuff. We'll take our first break here. When we come back, we'll talk about Kenny. We'll talk about the Jazz jerseys. We'll talk about Monte Morris. In that order. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right. Some news and notes from the NBA world. I think we're done with the finals for now. This first one, uh, I think Woj had it first. On Saturday, Kenny Atkinson 
he informed the Charlotte Hornets that he won't become the franchise's new head coach, and he's going to remain with the Warriors as their top assistant. <laughs> uh, Taz, this caught a lot of people by surprise. Like, Kenny won a title with the Warriors. Like, you know what? Screw it. I like it here. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. here. I'm not going to Charlotte. Yeah, what do you think? I'm sure it caught the Charlotte Hornets by surprise <laughs> as well. So. There's 30 NBA head coaching <laughs> jobs. Kenny said, nah, I'm not doing it. You know, those are the 30 most sought after jobs and he said no thank you so why why is the question that's yeah. a good question is it something to do with the hornets i i'm gonna say no uh i i don't think that there was anything sort of that he didn't like i guess there's a chance but uh does he want more security instead of potentially bouncing around you get more security as an assistant coach he could probably have that job for life probably uh, is it a raise because he is moving up a chair yeah, with Mike, Mike Brown leaving after they won the championship maybe uh, Mike Breen will turn around and say no to the Kings and he'll say I'll come back Mike, to Mike Breen I don't say Breen bang I'm not coming bang yeah so yeah Mike Brown I mean Mark Mark Jones had to move up seats uh, we're talking broadcasters anyways uh, was it a raise or, or does he know something about Steve Kerr oh, this is entire, spe- entirely speculative but does he think one day Steve Kerr is going to step down who, who's very young he's had some back problems maybe Steve Kerr wants to do something different in his life he's always been an activist at heart i'm just guessing but uh yeah again a very young steve kerr at 56 years of age uh, i have no idea what kenny is thinking but i i think it's something to do more with the, the warriors and everything good about them rather than the charlotte hornets and something negative about them this is rare it's mm. happened before i believe where uh you know he, he didn't sign on the dotted line. That's why no. when you're talking about this days prior, it, it is, it's a report because it's nothing official yet. But uh, still strange. Again, this doesn't happen all that often where no. the coach is like, I guess he was going to be, you know, what, I think it was a four-year deal. He was yeah. going to go coach Charlotte. And uh, instead, he's going to stay with the Warriors for whatever reason. And maybe we'll learn in the coming days. But yeah, mean, what do you think? Well, Steve Kerr gave Phil Jackson a, a verbal, I'm coming to New York. And then he <laughs> right. said, uh, actually, I'm going to San Francisco. I think ultimately what it is, is winning is a lot more fun than rebuilding and losing. And I think Kevin Kenny Atkinson thought, Charlotte, maybe that is a great opportunity for him because of what we saw him do in Brooklyn. But then he's like, hang on a minute. I'm seeing one of the greatest players of all time in his prime. We've just won a championship. Maybe we're going to win more. He's living in San Francisco. Maybe he's like... I'm fine being like, you know, second in command under Steve Kerr here rather than going to a team where it's like you got to really start all over again and try to build something out of scratch where there's probably going to still be a lot of losing, a lot of road bumps along the way. That's all I can think of um, because... But by all reports, he was like calling players and other assistant coaches. He was was in on this job. Again, this is what, you know, the the Wojas and the Shams were telling us. So maybe the champagne was flowing though after the game six and he was like, you know what, I'm staying. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I I have no idea. It is very rare because most assistants are ultimately gunning for any any top job and this is a great opportunity for Kenny to sort of solidify his reputation as well as, as a player development guy but uh, whatever the reasons were uh, he's decided it's not for me what do you think about this whole ordeal here <clears throat> I guess Kenny Atkinson had Stephen Curry ahead of Michael Jordan on his top 10 list <laughs> and that's the reason he simply had to stay with the Golden State Warriors I don't know these guys nailed it like it's very strange to see this happening so the two questions to me are how much is Golden State paying him they must be making it worth his while uh, to stick around if he's moving up one seat. At the very least, it seems like it must be competitive with a lower-level 
head coaching salary, which is Maybe, probably yeah. what he's getting uh, from the Hornets as, you know, uh, a guy with a little bit of a track record, but not super established. And then how much longer is Steve Kerr going to be coaching? He did have back surgery. We saw Quinn Snyder just took a break after having a hip surgery. So maybe Kerr has some sort of succession plan lined out here at some point in the future, though it does not feel at all uh, like Steve Kerr would be leaving this team uh, soon. Um, so I don't know. It's just a, it's weird. I just, uh, I imagine this won't do anything for Kenny Atkinson's uh, reputation. Like if you keep winning championship with, with the Warriors, you're always going to be one of those top candidates. So yeah. mm. I'm sure we'll hear his name again uh, at some point. Will it be the Warriors or another team that's not the Hornets? We shall see. Do you think the Hornets organization or fan base have a right to be pissed off with Kenny Atkinson here? Deciding, no, you know what? I'm not coming. Seriously. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sure. had him yeah. locked in. They made these plans. The draft is this week. Uh, and now they're back to the drawing board. Or would you just like... Well, if he doesn't want to be here, uh, it's, that's worse, him just taking the job and sort of not mentally being here. What do you think? Well, I guess it depends on who leaked this story that he was going to sign. Because if it's the Hornets that leaked it, you only have yourself to be upset with. Because mm-hmm. he didn't <laughs> sign a contract. No, he didn't. It's true. He, didn't. he was the only coaching candidate. Terry Stotts was in the mix. Mike Antoni was yeah. in the mix. But he was the only one to meet with Michael Jordan, apparently. So he's going to take Weird. this personally now. He's going to coach. Point. He's going to say, screw it, I'm coaching. I bet the Hornets beat the Warriors twice next I time. I was thinking the same <laughs> yeah. thing. That's all MJ's yeah. going to want. These like, are the two can... biggest games of the season yeah. for us. Two he's and gonna 80. Go at an, he's going to go at an assistant coach like you've never seen before. <laughs> uh, do you have any idea who now coaches this team? Is it Mike D'Antoni <laughs> who is on the short list? Is... Uh, well... Sure, I guess he's the sort of next in line. Um, There's two he, openings still, right? The Utah Jazz are looking oh, that's for a right, coach yeah. and the yeah. Charlotte Hornets. Maybe now. Snyder goes to Charlotte. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I guess you go back to your sort of whoever was next on on the list there. But maybe you do want to interview other guys. I just don't think Dan Tony's the right fit there for the Hornets myself. But uh, maybe Michael Jordan thinks differently. Who knows? Okay. Uh, well, I brought up the Utah Jazz. Let's talk about them because they made some waves uh, on the weekend here. They unveiled. A new slate of uniforms and courts, I should add, and we're showing them to you here on YouTube. Um, you've got the purple mountain jerseys there on the far left, so those are making a return. And then you've got some black and neon and and yellow and, and white jerseys here with some big old fonts up in your face. Um, Trey, what do you think of the of the, the jazz here in these new jerseys that they're gonna be wearing next season? Well, I think you won't struggle to remember which team you're watching because those are some big fonts on those new jerseys. I like them, though. I actually do you like do? the black and wow. I like the yellow. The white one uh, of the three new ones is the worst to me. I think they look kind of like very on trend, very uh, very simple, no doubt about it. They don't look like NBA jerseys, though. Like, this looks like it would be a cool Oregon Ducks yeah, jersey or a cool hmm. Baylor yeah. University jersey. So... I don't know. If this is Dwayne Wade trying to make the Utah Jazz cool, I see what he's getting at here. It's strange to see because it's such a departure from everything else in the league. But, you know, I remember not liking the Brooklyn Nets uniforms when they first came out. And now I'm like, those look pretty schnazzy out there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I will say the Jazz announced that purple is going to remain in their color palette going Mm. forward. So this is the funny part about this press release. It was like, Okay, here are four jerseys. Just let's just talk about this one. Yes. Let's just talk about the old classic mountains that everybody likes, the purple. And don't worry too much about these other ones, which you know Trey seems to like them, but a lot of people are like, "What the hell are those? They don't look like NBA uniforms." Um, so they've had a lot of different color schemes when you think about it. They've had green jerseys and they've had their 
the red and orange mm-hmm. gradient jerseys. Yeah. They just try sort of a lot of colors, and now they're trying the black and then this neon yellow. <laughs> I, I mean, are you a fan, Lee, of those ones especially? Uh, I mean, they're very simple. Um, they are very simple. <laughs> yeah. They literally have just put their name on the front and a number. There's no real... Like, I love those gradient ones, I think, because that to me is like the court and what you imagine with the Utah area. This one just sort of looks like we just want to just want to put black and yellow together and put them out there. The old mountain ones are fine. I, I never really loved those ones from the oh, throwbacks. Oh, you don't like them? Oh, wow, I mean, they're that, fine. They're I mean, fine. I don't... You know, from the nineties, it's nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah. those are—I don't know. I like they're the mountains. fine. I, I yeah. just don't think they're. I, I think I don't like the the font on the jazz in the mountains. There, <laughs> okay. that's what I think is annoys I me. I agree that, that if it didn't say jazz, it would be awesome. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, it wasn't a Utah Jazz jersey, that'd be. Pretty <laughs> it's tough to make. It's tough to take jazz and then pair it with, with mountains, mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> which yeah. is uh, which is difficult. Yeah, but. I mean, and the white one again. Every team's got just a white uniform, but. Uh, I think I probably like that with the Jazz logo more than just the big Utah. <laughs> like it's like a kid's first day in school; he's got to put his name tag on his shirt so everyone knows it. But yeah, uh, they look like pennies. They they right. look like their practice uniforms, no doubt. Those those middle ones. Now, if they set a trend, maybe maybe they'll we'll look back and say they're cool. But they do not look like they should be pl- worn during a game practice sure uh, yeah they've actually got a bit of a summer league sort yes, of vibe yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're stripped it's, clean yeah, it's there's, the simplicity not, there's of nothing them. there's yeah. nothing to them uh, you know the, the the home one i don't mind the yellow trim on it um but uh yeah even the number and logo they kind of look like they're pennies too you mm. know and and pennies is a weird word to say as i say it over and over <laughs> but pennies pennies i always thought it was pennies I always thought it was pennies. In in oh. in uh, high school, we get we get them, and I thought they're definitely pennies. But it's short. You know what it's, pennies are short for? What what the term is? No, pinstripe. No, pinafores. Like oh. no, like like pennies, like a, oh, a little right, jumper, right, like right, a okay. meshy. Right, pinafores. Yeah, okay. Not pinstripes. I, I thought pinafores. that's what you were sort of going, but I was like, oh, okay, I don't no, know. Pennies. You don't know what pennies are? Have you ever heard that? No, no not not for a, like a sweater or whatever. No. Well, it's not a sweater. What it's is it? like it's, a practice a, jersey. Yeah. For, uh, ours like a were like. Did yours have like um like elastic at the bottom of them? That was those are lost. Like a like a bibbing like, netball. You know, you know what? Yes. Right. 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 Like an apron, no more. Yeah. Right. 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 Like a bib and netball. Yeah. It is a bib. They had the they had the little strap there like that. Yeah. Yours did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I always hated that. I was like, why am I wearing a midriff over a t-shirt? Just so you know, I'm on another team. Let's just pop our shirts off here. Yeah. I mean, those would be nice in the pennies those department. Nice pennies. Those those jazz jerseys would be nice. So you're not you're not very high on these. Nah, I, I, I think yeah, we could get a little bit more intricate. They're just so simple. Yeah, and the purple nostalgias they're they're nostalgic. I, I yeah, I'm not super hot on them, but yeah, I I do like the the red rocks that which are going away. I guess so. Yeah. Um. So I I fell down like like a crazy rabbit hole like uh reading and watching people's opinions on these jerseys on the weekend I had some time to kill and uh you know i brought up like it is difficult when you think about it like their name is the jazz and you got to pair it sort of with this like mountains motif or they have at least in the past that is difficult i found my favorite comment ever from christian i found it in a youtube section under a <laughs> video about these jerseys people weighing in on them listen to this i have to read this to you Quote, this is from Christian DeHaas. I am and have always been a huge fan of the Purple Mountain jerseys, okay? I think it's the best one the Jazz have had. There is also actually quite a similarity between mountains and jazz music. Jazz music, uh, jazz music is very raw, as are the mountains. It can't be altered or reproduced 
or it's not authentic. Jazz music and the mountains both have definitive highs and lows, peaks and valleys. <laughs> Jazz music isn't something you play. It's something you feel. And we all know the feeling you get when you summit a tall peak. <laughs> Holy crap. Bars. <laughs> right? So Christian's a fan of those purple uh, throwbacks there. Back to the uh, Stockton Malone days. Yeah, I, I which I like. I'm a huge fan of the purple, and yeah, so I like them leaning in. When that. I see those, I just think of that massive one that Carl Malone used to wear. You know, right. it always felt like it was like this shirt I'm wearing, a little bit yeah, uh, you got roomy. a baggy shirt. Yeah, on yeah, that's what it felt like to me. But uh, I, they were they were fine. They just yeah, they were fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. they, they they do need to pick a lane here, and I guess yeah. they're picking the purple lane. Maybe they're gonna go with that uh, for the coming years. Let's hear from everybody out there. Thumbs up or thumbs down. On the Jazz jerseys. They got some new courts, too. I didn't have photos of them, but uh, I, I thought they were they were okay. And a lot of people think the jerseys, those black and yellow ones, they might look pretty cool on the new court if you saw it. Sort of, It's sort of Nets-like, like yeah. mo- monochromatic. They're going to look good. Uh, I think they're going to look... I feel like Utah has a pretty nondescript look this season. You know, the, definitely not their classic, their most classic of uniform sets. These are going to look unique. There's no doubt about that. And at this point, if you're not doing a floor that matches your uniforms, you're a straight-up sucker. <laughs> so yeah. it's part and parcel at this point. They're yeah. not bad. Then I'm, I'm starting to get around. Oh, so, because wow. the, the home ones are even a little bit better than their previous home ones, which yeah. are super plain. Super plain, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. you know, like the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they had the neon one the last couple of years. I can't believe it. That, they've worn that for like five years, yeah. that crazy neon. It looks crazy when you look at it as in an off-season press release, but on the court, I think two two things can be true, though. I I agree with you guys. These might look okay on the court. I wouldn't want to be caught dead wearing one of those. Well, yeah, it's a Utah Jazz jersey. (laughs) Well, that part, too, but it's just not very cool looking. I mean, there's not much to it. We just talked about it. The best part about this is that they released uh, a jersey from the 1998 NBA Finals alongside (laughs) a jersey with a Michael Jordan Hmm. right there on the chest. Yes, that's crazy. So we got the Jazz wearing Jordan jerseys. We've got the Pistons wearing Jordan jerseys. I think the Knicks do as well. (laughs) Doesn't every team have one? Everybody but Kenny Atkinson. (laughs) He's like, not for me. No, thanks, buddy. Uh, all right, our final piece of news here from the last couple of days. Uh, this one from Real GM, though I think it was by way of the Denver Post. Uh, the Nuggets are drawing great trade interest in Monte Morris. Um, Tess, what do you think oh. of this? Because, oh, yeah, you know, they traded Jermichael Green, and now, I mean, there are teams that possibly want to Monte Morris. What do you think? I forgot this one was mine. And now it definitely looks like uh, they could be going the cheap route. I didn't necessarily buy it with Jermichael Green last week because I do think he's somewhat replaceable. He hasn't really met his, I believe, his, uh, his expectation in the NBA. But Monte Morris has been so solid. Why give up this depth? He was... Uh, really a guy that they could depend on he was a rock for them last year with jamal murray out michael porter out he played 75 games uh, career highs all over the board 12 and a half points four and a half assists three boards shooting incredible 48 39 and 87 so why 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 especially at such a cheap contract that nine and a half for the next two seasons right. that's nothing for a guard who could fill in as a starter could be a great backup this uh, this is uh this is odd to me I, I don't get it. I don't get why they would be trading him. It makes me question what's going on with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, who obviously didn't finish the season with them. Are they just saying, we're going to blow it up for a season around Jokic? I mean, blow it up as in, like, we have we have Jokic and Gordon, and maybe maybe we're just not going to be good enough. Maybe Murray and Porter aren't playing. Maybe they know that. I, I That's weird. It just, it's all weird to me. I would think you'd want Monte Morris backing up the, 
those guys. I he's just they could be trying to solid. upgrade though too. Is the other way to look at this. Monte Morris and a they have a couple draft picks. I mean, they could be trying to do that as well. And I think they uh, are like yes. Jamal Murray's coming back. So sorry, you're not starting Monte Morris. And yeah. they might be very high on Bones Highland, who played really well for them too. So yeah. they're like you know, there's a bit cheap. of a minutes crunch. And maybe we can get something. For Sounds him. like they're being cheap. Uh, because why why not play him as a backup? You know, you have your four guys if Porter and and Murray are coming back along with Aaron Gordon and Jokic. Uh, and yeah, I assume they do want Highland to play, but that's, yeah. to me, that sounds like they're just uh, cheaping out. What do you think about this? Yeah, I, I mean, it's fine to trade him if they can get someone better. But I mean, what, what's the market for Monte Morris? He's a fine backup. He's a good player. You know, he's improved over his seasons. But I don't think you're going to get much more than like for like in a straight up deal. Maybe if you do say, okay, we'll give you him in a first pick, maybe they do get something else. But mm-hmm. I think uh, Jamal obviously is going to be their starter. Uh, Bones Highland was good at this point, but uh, is he a true point guard backup? I think Monte's a bit more of a steady hand. So I would keep him. But you know, who knows what the Nuggets are doing there? It doesn't seem like. Uh, I don't know what their plan is, to be honest. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any idea? I hope they get a wing back. Uh, yeah. As long as they get a wing back, this will be fine, because I think Bones Highland is pretty solid, and he's going to be ready for more, and there's going to be less opportunity uh, with Jamal Murray coming back. But as we saw come playoff time, the, the wing rotation for the Nuggets is just pretty bad. Aaron Gordon wasn't able to do much. Will Barton can only take you so far. So if you're able to, like, package a pick and Will Barton mm-hmm. and Monte Morris. You're talking about $20 million in salary. You could get a helpful guy yeah. on the wing. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm with. I'm also with Tass. If they end up just trading him as a salary dump, it's like you had Connolly, you had Jermichael Green, you had Monte Morris. That's not a great trend if no. you're just making all of these moves um, for money when you're theoretically going to be trying to win a championship. Yeah. Well, everybody's getting Jeremy Grant, so maybe they're getting Jeremy Coming Grant. Coming back, baby. Coming back, yeah. wow. Yeah, I think uh, definitely Will Barton could be... Uh, that they are probably calling teams. Uh, sure. Because I think they could be convinced that he's a great player, but he ain't going to help you defensively, and you're going to get exposed with him out there. And, and if you're a contender, you're like, hey, yeah. Will Barton is a sixth man? Totally. That's a lot better than totally. Will Barton as your third best scorer. Yep. Uh, all right, well, let's hear from everybody out there. What are the Nuggets doing? What should they do? Should they hold on to Monte Morris? Uh, who could use him? That's something we really didn't get into. Uh, let's hear all your thoughts on that. We'll take one more break. But when we come back, you got a tweet of the night for us. I do. All right, we'll be right back. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, Lily. Yeah. It's time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. 
Yeah, so the season has uh, come to an end, uh, which means it's summer camp and uh, team camp time of the year. So, you know, you sign up your kids and they go along to a camp and the Sacramento Kings had one. uh, And uh, alumni, Jason Williams was on hand and uh, you know... When there's a kid at some at, uh, at a basketball camp, they have to ask Jason Williams one thing. Elbow pass. Ready? So, uh, yeah, so, uh, of course, uh, White Chocolate had to do that. I mean, he was on hand for that, and uh, he gets asked that. So I'm going to ask you a question after this another video because it was another classic Jason Williams uh, little move there, having a little bit of fun there with the kids. Uh, you can check this one out. Look at this for it. Look oh, at that. And then the, whoa, 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 oh, like that. Still, oh, he yeah. wanted to see the camera cut. <laughs> Look at that. Pass. He's got the fake, and then the beautiful just spin pass like yep. that. No looker like that. Beautiful mm. stuff. He'd be great fun at a camp for kids because you know he'd be doing that stuff all the time. It's true. That teaching the fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. That kid was but, smart, though. The kid saw that pass happening, and then he looked back and said, you got me, Jason. Yeah. He wasn't fooled 100%. So my question is off that. I mean, do you can you think of another player who had one move that really has just like – not not and I'm not talking like Kareem Skyhook because he did that forever, but the elbow pass. Cedric Sabalos. What, <laughs> <laughs> dunking blindfold? Yeah. I mean, I guess he would Dunk be asking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but anyone else like that who's had that one iconic move that people would just be Jeez. asking about? Yeah, know. I guess uh, Trevor Booker with the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah. no Trevor Booker, Booker no looker, a little yeah. flip over his head. Mm. But that's mm. that's all I can think of. Yeah, uh, I mean, D Brown would have to come in and Reebok pumps. I guess we're going to old school. That's uh, a fair fair one. Yeah, yeah. you're going. Dun- yeah, I mean, dunk contest. Yeah, sure. Well, well, I mean, that's the crazy Williams thing. This is from a rookie sophomore yeah, game. Yeah, it's a rookie right? sophomore game. It's yeah. not a it's real a great game. Point. That's an exhibition great game. Are you going to include? Jason Richardson going off Carlos Boozer's face and then hitting <laughs> yeah. a three. Kind of similar, though he has a dunk contest championships, yeah, yeah. obviously. But, you know, shout out to that kid's parents. Why does that kid know about yeah, the elbow yeah. pass? That's a young kid. He's yeah, got, like, yeah. the throwback yeah. to Kings yeah. Jersey, too, or whatever that one yeah, is. Yeah, I like yeah. that. But, uh, what that, does that kid know about Reggie Theus? <laughs> yeah, what you yeah. got on his steel stats? Do you stats? think Ray LaFrance <laughs> gets asked about that as much as Jason Williams gets asked about it? No. 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 <laughs> because I think only the true sickos sort yeah. of know that Rachel Andy was fouled. gets fouled yeah. and misses it. Yeah. 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 White right. chocolate. Yeah. Oh, here's some good suggestions from the stream team. Let's the see. Sham God. That's a good oh, one. Yeah. God Sham God has a move named after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Cup of coffee in the NBA. And how about this, Lee? Tom Chambers. Tom Chambers, known for the dunk on, on Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty solid one, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Where he just catapults up off yeah. him. Yep. Okay, these are good. These are good. Uh, so you would happily send your kids oh, to a Jason Williams white absolutely. chocolate uh, basketball camp. Absolutely. Don't come back with the fundamentals. Come back with the flair. Yeah. You know? yeah that's what you want. You yeah. know. So when they're playing with the kids in the street, actually, uh, my boys do work on their, uh, you know, fancy stuff. On, first. Yeah, <laughs> good. I'm, I'm trying to get the fundamentals down, but Sebastian likes to go under his legs and behind his back, and uh, yeah. Oscar's legs not quite big enough there for the ball, so. Uh, <laughs> He has to sort of do more a step over. Is he playing with a normal size ball or? Is well, yes. Sebastian one? plays with it, so then Oscar wants to play with it because that's what Big yeah. Brother's doing. Yeah, but good. he does more the Chris Paul like step over. Oh, 
Mm. You step over <laughs> rather than the... Step through. Yeah. <laughs> step through the wood. Yeah. But, Poor uh, sign. Yeah. I know. It's hanging on there. It's hanging on. <laughs> Kicking every show, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Great stuff. I hadn't seen that clip. That was yeah. making the rounds, I assume. Good. On Saturday, I think it came oh. out. So, oh, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, let's call it there here for uh, today's program. We got a fun one <laughs> tomorrow. John Hollinger is going to jump on the horn with us and talk about the NBA draft because we know very little about it. <laughs> He's the expert. I know he just launched his like uh, what was it top 75 yeah, uh, yes. draft list board so we'll get into that and ask him about who's going where and who's trading and all of that good stuff that's tomorrow uh, live here from the Classic Factory at 10 a.m. Eastern John Hollinger joining us to talk about the draft we'll have a couple days off but I have uh, I believe we have plans for uh, a post draft show on Friday so absolutely we'll some content this happening week. in the National Basketball Association and look we are I hate to say it I know JD won't want to hear it but uh we're sort of into emergency podcast um time of the year as well you never know mm-hmm. right big trade uh, look look we didn't even talk about Shams article I mean we can yeah. talk about that a little bit tomorrow with Hollinger but uh is Kyrie going to be on the Knicks by the time we uh, get out of the Classic Factory here today? Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's I agree hope. with you. So, yeah, uh, make sure you subscribed is what I'm getting at here to No Dunks On. Wherever you listen to the podcast or here on YouTube, you never know when those emergency podcasts are going to drop. Hit that little notification button on YouTube as well. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. You have a few hours, maybe an hour, no, a couple hours still, mm. to buy the... Uh, 2022 finals wedgie no dunks shirt i mean especially hey look if you're gonna pick up one of those uh, utah jazz mountain jerseys it's right around the same era here yeah. that we're talking about so go get yourself a no dunk shirt over at nodunks.com and if you are a fan of the vroom brooms f1 podcast no breaks uh in a couple hours 1 p.m eastern here from the classic factory uh with trey and Graydon talking about the canadian gp so uh make sure you subscribe to that and check that out all right fun show guys We will see you tomorrow with John Hollinger. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, definitely the thing I'll remember from the 2022 NBA Finals, Steph going for 43 in Game 4. But he did close it out with 34 as well, and he opened the series with 34 as well. Mm. So an easy way to remember, you just flip 43. Opened and closed with 34. <laughs> little mnemonic device there. It's uh, really fun. Really fun. I love mnemonic devices. Embrace the day, people.